Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Mac and Forth Show. My name's Cold Man and we're here once again to talk about the week's Apple and tech-related news. And we got some news, some proper news from Apple this week. It's amazing. But starting out, let's see who's with us today. Alan Vickers, how are you, sir? I am very well, Carl. Thanks very much, yeah. I've had a, quite a tiring week in the run-up to Christmas, you know, <laughs> getting ready for all the uh, Christmas obligations that come along. Family visits here, family visits there, family visits at our place. So, yeah, busy and starting to get a bit stressful, but I'm all right. Been uh, up to anything? Been enjoying anything, have you? Taking advantage of any offers that I know you've probably been hunting? <laughs> yeah, I did. I I, um, I don't know if people are aware, but people in the UK should um, dive in and fill their boots because... Um, Tesco's have, have started that iTunes code offer again where you can get iTunes um, vouchers for 15% discount if you buy a, a £50 worth, I think. Anyway, I, I bought another £100 worth of iTunes money for uh, for £85 because it's like, uh, for the likes of us, it's free money, isn't it? Because we're going to spend it anyway on apps and movies and music and all sorts of stuff. So it's, why not get an extra 15% off for effectively nothing? So all you got to do is... Uh, Search on Google for Tesco and iTunes. That's good enough. Pretty much the top match. You no, it doesn't away. find it from just those words, does it? Surely. It does, It does. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's a click away. And then you uh, choose your denomination, tells you your discount. And then literally 30 seconds later, they send you an email with um, a PDF in it. It's nicely presented. It's a picture of a, a card and the code is there. And I thought, oh, I've got to copy and paste the code and all that hassle. Where do I enter it on iTunes? But, oh, no, you just click the code in the PDF and it launches iTunes for you, takes you to the redemption page, fills in the code. So all you've got to do is hit the redeem button. So it literally could not be easier. It was about a minute end to end to get £100 worth of credit for £85. Brilliant. Nice. Now, I think reading the small print on that page when you showed it to me, I think it ends on the 17th. So Sunday, this Sunday coming. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So get in quick if you can, if you're listening to this before then. Why not? This is the um, the same scam I use, not scam, the same offer <laughs> I used last year to get my um, iTunes music subscription. Because you can... Um, you can get £100 worth of credit for £85, and then you can go to um, the iTunes, mu- the, the Apple Music page, and you can buy an annual subscription. So instead of paying £10 a month, which would be 120 a year, you can buy an annual subscription for £99, which comes within the credit you just bought. So you're getting uh, like £120 worth of monthly Apple Music subscriptions for £85. So it works out um, about £7 a month equivalent. So all of Apple Music for £7 a month by just using one of these discount cards and buying the annual um, the annual £99 level. Nice. Uh, I'd recommend, recommend that. It's a real bargain. <laughs> you are a deal hunter. You need your own ITV show in the morning. You do. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Martin's got that covered, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> That's quite amazing what you discover. <laughs> also joining us this week is Mr. Dean Murphy. How are you, sir? Uh, I'll be with you in a minute. I'm just buying some iTunes gift cards. <laughs> 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 just got a Tesco away website open um yeah i did i didn't know about this last year so it's great to know about this this year i'm definitely gonna stock up on some of these and um because i'm always buying stuff on itunes much is my downfall <laughs> yeah actually mm-hmm. I, listening listening to guy and gaz on on the my Mac show gaz often says on it whenever there's one of these offers he buys some of these because and then just keeps them he doesn't use them he keeps hmm. them because then when birthdays come up he can just hand them out to various people which is a fantastic idea as well yeah. so it's always always pays to take advantage of this um been up to anything else Dean? um apart from this i've been to see the new star wars film which is absolutely no spoilers. amazing Absolutely no spoilers, <laughs> nothing. Don't say a flipping word because I've got to wait but, till Sunday to see but, it. But no, yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Everyone should go see it if you're a fan of Star Wars or that universe. It's worth watching in the cinema. That's all I'm going to say on about. I hear Kirk. I hear Captain Kirk turns up in the Enterprise at one point. So I don't know if I just <laughs> dreamt that. Maybe <laughs> actually, it kind of fits together. Star Wars and iTunes because at the moment they've reduced the films. They were which is, I still think, outlandish by bloody Luke, uh, by Disney now, let's face it. £13.99 for each of the films. You can now get them for seven ninety nine. so I picked up the ones I was missing. Apart from The Force Awakens, which is four ninety nine till Monday. Oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. there you go. Limited better. time. Even yeah. better. I pre-ordered the new one straight away. So as soon as that comes out, I'll be, I'm, I'm so ready to wait. <laughs> why are we pre-ordering digital content? It makes no sense to me. Yeah. I'm not going to be up at midnight waiting for it to like suddenly become available. In case it sells out, I don't know. <laughs> In case it sells out. It's the weirdest thing to me. Yeah, and I'm, I'm buying it, and I'm thinking, what am I doing? What's the point? 
Is, is it not? It's not like I'm going to forget. They suddenly launch it, and I go, "Oh, is it out now?" <laughs> yeah, I guess the benefit of pre-ordering because I do it on Amazon as well. I pre-order some video games that I want. If the price fluctuates, you always get it at the lowest possible price. Not that Star Wars is going to fluctuate in price, no. but um, yeah, with Amazon, for example, they always give you the lowest price of what it was during your pre-order period. So I've saved a little bit of money that way, just by sheer luck, I guess. But um, yeah, I'll have it pre-ordered and hopefully the money will come out of the credit that I've got in my iTunes account because of these gift cards that Alan mentioned. <laughs> well, come out to about March. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, speaking of iTunes, um, I've, been, I've been playing around. I've been keeping an eye on iTunes thanks to that application I, I mentioned last week, Cheap Charts, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, Rambo, Rambo, the old movie from the 80s, has come out four ninety nine. But it's only SD. I cannot believe... I, this is what I don't understand with some of these movie companies. Why have they got catalogs, uh, which obviously people would buy and want, and yet they just put out a crappy SD version? So I'm, I'm going to hold off on that one. But it led me to look around at what other things are not out there on iTunes because the movie company hasn't bothered releasing it. And some of the ones... I found five, which I think are quite revealing for why they haven't... But like Glengarry Glen Ross... One of my favourite films of all time. I think it's based on a David Mamet play and stuff. But it's absolutely brilliant storytelling and, and very claustrophobic. It's a fantastic movie. And that's not out anywhere. Dances with Wolves is not mm. out on iTunes. Das Boot is not out on iTunes. Casino is not out. Oh, Casino. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's crazy to me. And and, and finally, because I, I was looking for Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, True Lies isn't out. I don't think True Lies is out digitally Anywhere. Mm, it's old, isn't it? Do you ever get to understand the reasons for any of this? It's mainly, normally, you find out it's some sort of licensing deal, i.e. the studio didn't have the, don't have the rights to release it to a video market or a digital market because they're all separate contracts and things like this. Mm. But it's crazy. I mean, I cannot believe, like, like some of these are Oscar, Oscar films. So why are they not out? It makes no sense to me. I mean, and then we got on the other, I, I went on, to the, uh, another uh, another angle and I looked at silly price movies <laughs> that have been out for a while and they're still silly priced and I know it's not Apple's fault it's the movie company's fault because they're the ones that price it so Tombstone is still eleven ninety nine for some unknown reason Armageddon is eleven ninety nine. Which I know is a crap movie, but it's good right. excitement. <laughs> you can see that on TV about every two weeks, can't you? Exactly. <laughs> it's usually on one of the ITV channels every couple of weeks. But the one I found the most distressing, for me personally being a movie fan, is Citizen Kane is nine ninety nine. they want for that. Mm. Why? <laughs> I know it's a classic, but bloody hell. So, um, and I, I, I have to think, it's just my, basically movie studios have forgot they're in there. <laughs> so I can't, or they're not in there in certain cases. It's crazy. I mean, I don't know who 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 do who do you write to? Can't write to Theresa May. She's hopeless. So uh, <laughs> who do we write to? It's uh, it's a weird thing. Oh well. But uh, yeah, I mean, as as, yeah, as I go on a lot about iTunes recently, it's it's quite distracting because I'm a movie buff. I like to see these things in there. I like to see the whole collection. I like to buy these things digitally, and it's it's great. Oh well. I guess the downside is with iTunes movies. Unfortunately, you can only buy them on iTunes. Um. In the past, I know Blu-rays get or some DVDs or Blu-rays gave you the codes to mm. watch them digitally on iTunes, but I think they stopped that now, and they go through the different private like, you know, proprietary company. But I used to buy some cheap films off Amazon and just have the codes loaded into iTunes, and so I could have it on iTunes as well. Over in yeah. the states, they've got that service, haven't they? That Disney started, and now they've broadened it out to more than just the Disney Studio. Where a lot, well, I forget how many studios are involved now. But if you buy a digital film from either one of these um, studios, you can have it on any of the other services, just all instantly of, available. Pretty much all of them, apart from Paramount, if I believe, if, I, if my memory uh, recollects. And it's right. kind of interesting because just this week, Disney bought fox yeah so there's one less big film company now and so now <laughs> now fox uh sorry disney gets access to aliens and predator and god knows what else that fox and the x-men and 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 deadpool and those marvel properties that fox owned it's yeah. good it could get quite interesting in the next few years <laughs> well fox are also trying to buy sky aren't they in the uk so disney might own sky fairly soon well that means that, that then i can subscribe to sky finally and I won't yeah. feel bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's let's turn our attention to some Apple news, shall we? Well, if, is there any this week, guys? Have you spotted any come out? Anything? <laughs> anything big? It's expense, expensive week for some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, finally, finally, we we were debating if it might happen, but the new iMac Pro 
Beast has finally been released by Apple, as promised by the end of the year. Aimed at the higher-end user rather than the regular consumers, this is a pretty powerful machine, to say the least. One thing to be aware of, though, is the unit is totally, totally sealed, and no other after-sales updates appear to be possible. Um, so what? Who'd, obviously, we do not think this, <laughs> this machine is aimed at the regular consumer who do you think this machine is aimed for this beast of a machine <laughs> um uh, the color of it is aimed at me because i love the look of it <laughs> i wish Huge. i could justify it. as shallow as that sounds <laughs> every review that you see mentions the color it's pretty much like a headline feature don't they <laughs> like the spec sheet comes second yeah well i've got the um the uh, the macbook pro the space gray space black one. Oh, we need it to match yeah i've got the keyboard and the trackpad the external keyboard and trackpad i'd love to have the the black one just to to match with it or the space gray one mm-hmm. yeah well, who's it aimed you've for got to buy an imac pro then they only come with the imac pro <laughs> <laughs> um it's aimed at professionals i guess um i've got no idea <laughs> people who do a lot of work that's very intensive or people that don't digital do a lot of work creatives. but once it's done yeah digital creatives it's really good for rendering it's you know if you get an 18 core imac you got eighteen cores essentially to throw your work at, rather than the two or four oh. that's in the in the norm. Yeah, can you imagine that? <laughs> <laughs> and they, they've updated a lot of pro app or the two main pro apps, haven't they, to take advantage of all that parallelism in the different cores? So there's a new mm-hmm. a new Final Cut Pro and there's a new uh, Logic Pro. And the demos I saw in the um, in this presentation they gave of Logic Pro was absolutely amazing. It was running I don't know hundreds and hundreds of tracks, absolutely stuffed to the gills with uh, real time processing and. Uh, effects and things like that and synthesized instruments and it was all running completely in real time without anything having to be pre-rendered or bounced down or anything like that it was just amazing to see that yeah i mean looking at this it's um for the work that i do development work it takes two three minutes maybe to do a build of if i'm building an app just to actually compile it and this is 2.4 times faster if you get the 18 core mac than a 4k imac so i don't know a two minute job will be done in like maybe a 20 or 30 seconds, I'm guessing, compared to my MacBook, um, so, which is a big difference, but not big enough to warrant. No, but um, they, see, there was reviews by um, a, a video editor called Thomas Carter, a London-based video editor, and he took it out and gave it a spin. And he says it's like the most powerful, well, obviously it's the most powerful Mac he's ever used, but he, they were throwing all kinds, like he threw, he threw 8K ProRes, four by four by four by four files at it and it didn't even stutter it was it was like doing everything it's doing color correction blurring the various clips and it didn't drop one frame as it was pre-rendering stuff and it just sounds a beast of a machine and even he started he played playing around and he started putting uh 3d 3d uh codecs in it and through it and stuff and again it didn't didn't stutter once he was using five 5k raw uh red raw footage for example and again it just totally it was adding color correction resizing it titles didn't drop any frames it just sounds a beast and now this wasn't the base spec however what he i'm trying to find one that they actually sent him <clears throat> but he did he didn't get the base spec one he did get a slightly bumped up one so uh you know take that into under advisement but uh I mean, if I if I was doing if I had a YouTube channel, for example, which was doing really well, like somebody gets a good YouTube channels, which I'm very envious of. But <laughs> if they have the time and that's their full time job, and they get like thousands of pounds uh, every time they post a video or at the end of each month, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely be looking at one of these just to save all that time because it takes forever sometimes to render, especially now we're getting up. You know, we just got 10, 1080p. And that was fine. Was getting like relatively great speeds for that. Now we've moved up to 4K. It's gone slow again, but uh, well, not for me because mine was still pretty fast. I got to say, but uh, <laughs> but it's, it is good the way you know the way you can manipulate stuff and still re- real time corrections and real time changes and and just make sure everything looks great before, yeah. why, instead of having to sit there waiting for it to render. So and then you check it or you see a lower quality picture than what's actually going to see. Yeah. Um, it it does look it looks absolutely stunning and again i think the people who are who are going to be interested in the machine do not necessarily need it to be upgradable because they're going to have it for a specific purpose i would imagine um at least the real users run rather than the posers that just want to get it because it's black not looking at you dean right 
Hello. <laughs> I haven't offended him. He's got all quiet now. But, no, no. But, but uh, no, I'm saying, like, they've, they've, got, they've got business they want to do on these machines. They want, you know, they've got videos. They've got photography projects they want to do. And chances are that the price tag will be covered in the contract for whatever they're doing that's because it because it's 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 more it's not money they need to save it, it's time they need to save and a machine like this can certainly save them a lot of time uh, as they yeah. wait for renders to be done and stuff like that i think suppose people that are buying it for you know sort of surface level reasons trite reasons like a uh, vanity reasons maybe um they're never even they're never going to stress the thing anyway are they so they buy the no. base model they're, they're spending five grand on a computer but they're really happy with it and they show it show it off to all their mates and they're never going to push it anyway so the so upgradability there isn't an issue but for real pros they have got to think in advance haven't they got to think hard even about ram you know because th- this is the first 27 inch imac where you haven't been able to upgrade the ram yourself so That's right. you've got to think at purchase time exactly how long you think you're going to own this and how you're going to stress it and anticipate future you know software loads that are going to come along with new versions of adobe software and apple pro apps and all that and you, yeah you've really got to make your mind up in advance and every single one of those options adds up adds to the price horrendously because hmm. if you go on there like we all do and you you spec have you done it the, the maximum I've done have you it, done yeah. it Alan? maximum processor maximum ram <laughs> maximum uh, well you name it you can tick the top box and every time and that, that four that five grand machine becomes a 15 grand machine oh. in the blink in the blink of an eye yeah so that's a serious serious investment yeah, but yeah. i think it is getting well received you're right it, it, people are the pro community seems to have welcomed this machine but i think we were right when we discussed this a few months ago if they hadn't made that pre-announcement that there's also a modular mac pro come in i think mm. this would have got slagged off to hell this would have not been good enough <laughs> because of the unex- the unexpandability of it it would have got slagged by all the pros this is not the direction this is not a pro direction what are you up to apple but now this promise that there will be a modular mac pro on the horizon they, <laughs> people probably i think fewer people will wait for that now because they'll say oh this is actually quite good though <laughs> <laughs> Let me order one. Oh, I could just tie them over. Yes, that's true. Yeah, because uh, I mean, there'll be a healthy second-hand market for these things as well, won't they? You won't lose much, <laughs> I suppose. And if you're a professional, if you're a proper professional, earning your career from using equipment like this, yeah, you know, the purchase price and the resale price isn't the biggest of concerns, anyway, is it? It's the the money that you earn by using it is outweighs the purchase price, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they are looking. The expandability is still there on the back thank God, in, in the ports that they've decided to leave in. So you now you've got four USB 3 ports as well as four Thunderbolt 3 uh, USB-C ports. Uh, you've still got, a, still got a headphone jack in this one for some reason. Yeah, well, there's room in there. There's room in there. Exactly, and you've got an SD an SDXC uh, uh, card slot as well. Um, also, the Ethernet, a 10 gigabit Ethernet. Oh my God, if only, if only. And of course, that's good for like these networks where they have massive storage um, uh, bunkers and and they need fast connection to to the various video or audio or whatever else they've got on those those big storage centers that they share. Yeah. It is fantastic. And the reason, I think the reason for the, okay, anyone can argue this point with me and I don't mind, but I think the reason they've sealed the unit up is because there's no expansion slots on the on the motherboard. Everything is welded to that motherboard to try and because obviously this thing is going to generate a lot of heat, mm. and, and and one of the ways they're going to mitigate that is they've redesigned the whole airflow system, and so they've got these big two fans, you know, whipping around and cooling all the air. Although everyone that's used it says it doesn't make a peep; they can't hear mm. it. They can't hear those fans working inside. It's got a massive, like, Darth Vader grill on the back of an air vent, much bigger than the one that's on my iMac in front of me. And a big, long line down the bottom as well, where I guess the air either comes in or goes out again. But, uh, yeah, it looks... It's a beast of a machine. And I just... Mm. Like I say, if I was in the... If I was was a YouTuber who had a significant amount of followers, I would just be snapping up one of these, probably one of the lower-range ones, in a heartbeat. Yeah. I heard somebody say as well that because people think, you know, five grand, that, how can that be good value? But <laughs> most people seem to think it is good value when you consider that building a similar uh, machine yourself from similar components would cost about the same and wouldn't include the screen, yep. which is one way of looking at it. And another way of looking at it is if you took um, the most recent range of, of iMacs, like the one you've got, and you max it out, you know, get the best graphics card, the best uh, CPU, and you max it out as best you can, that still comes to well over four grand about f- nearly nearly four and a half grand and this thing for an, an extra five to seven hundred pounds for the base model will outperform that as well so it's actually better value than you think for for the market it's aimed at 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, oh, I just, I just wish I could do it. <laughs> oh, I'll suffice with the one I bought this year. God dear. <laughs> the other funny thing on the ordering page that I noticed was, you know, you normally have to make a choice about whether you want a magic mouse or a magic trackpad. Mm. Uh, on this one, there's an option, quite a prominent option for both. So you can buy one or the other or both. And there's a big warning under each of these options saying, you know, Bear in mind, you can't buy these accessories any other way. You can only buy them at purchase time with, a, with an iMac Pro. <laughs> oh, dear. So if we do want these accessories, we just have to buy an iMac Pro for free with it, basically. Yeah. So it's a f- yeah. Or just keep an eye on eBay. <laughs> you reckon? I don't feel... I reckon there'll be more than five grand on eBay. I, I think uh, the type of user go for this, you know, pro users have their equipment that they prefer, like, the keyboard they prefer, the mouse they prefer. Cause, oh, good point. Yeah, so I think it makes sense to pay a little bit extra to get both the mouse and the trackpad and then stick them on eBay. You'll easily get more than what the asking price was, I'd say. That's my pro tip for the Mac Pro. Got <laughs> <laughs> that one for free. <laughs> I've had enough of trying to, trying to do scalping when I tried to get an iPhone 10 and eventually cancelled it all. So I'm not going to buy a Mac, an iMac Pro. <laughs> No matter what you say, Dean. Though I was tempted by that <laughs> argument. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so they did, again, Apple done a weird thing when it comes to reviews on this one. They sent out a couple of review, review units to, uh, is his name Marky Brownlee? Mark Brownlee? Yeah. Marky? Yeah, Marcus, isn't it? Or Marcus? Yeah, Marques, I think. Well, I think. Mm-hmm. So he sent a review unit out to him and also to another guy who'd just done a mock-up, a setup, basically, of, of it on a desk with speakers and stuff. Yeah. And again, this seemed to annoy certain people because they didn't get one. So, yeah. I mean, it did go out to some proper review, uh, some proper people in real case scenarios who, who got to play with it for a week. But even they were saying, we've only had this a week, but here's my initial review. But uh, yeah, I, I, again, I found that quite funny that Apple is still pursuing that that thing like they did with the iPhone 10, where they just give it to, I, I want to say trendsetters, I, 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 you know, big people on YouTube who most of us probably wouldn't take that serious. But mm. I find it quite funny because it annoys certain people. That's why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that, that Brownlee guy, he's one of the most successful YouTubers, isn't he? So mm. he's got far more followers than, than any podcast you care to mention or any uh, online magazine or any Mac-based publication. He's yeah. got f- yeah, millions of followers. Yeah, I can say he's one of the biggest YouTubers putting out 4K content yeah. quickly, which... Um, he often talks about how many you know, terabytes he has all backed up and everything. And I think he records at 8K, if I remember rightly, and then downsamples to 4K. Because he's got one of them red cameras, you know, like proper yep. professional cameras. He's so on top of all his gear. So um, I couldn't think of a better person to give it to to stress test. Oh, yeah. It's like a mainstream audience, even though he doesn't use it for, you know, I don't want to say professional work, but, you know, use it to make YouTube videos online. But it, He's got a really unique use case to show off the uh, advantage of this product. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy watching his stuff. I mean, it's, it's yeah. not actually say it's not. It doesn't go in depth, but it's still informative and like refreshing mm. to see someone who has a passion for doing what they're doing. It's just, I'd love to do that job. I got to tell you. <laughs> I mean, I haven't got the personality or the looks for it, unfortunately. But you know, we could have got one of these um, iMac Pros for about a grand. You know, if we'd have uh, had the foresight to buy some bitcoins a few months oh, ago. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for that whole thing to crash and burn. Unfortunately, it's just it's something something seriously gone wrong there somewhere. I think <laughs> this price is going well out. Of That's totally unsustainable. That's crazy. I, I know it's getting bad because I went and see my I saw my dad the other day, and he asked he started to ask me about Bitcoin. I went no dad no no mm-hmm. whatever you've read or seen or whatever's been promised to you just don't. It's too far gone now. So. <laughs> Oh dear. Oh well. Okay. Uh, well, as I mentioned, um, lucky reviews of the I- new iMac Pro were also issued with the upgraded Final Cut Pro. Final Cut Pro 10, uh, which will add support for 8K resolution timelines and 8K ProRes files. Uh, in addition to 8K rendering, Final Cut Pro 10.4 will also add support for virtual reality footage, high dynamic range lighting, and HEVC compression, which is about bloody time because <laughs> we yeah. we can't use it at the moment on our current version. So, uh, good. I, I mean, I didn't mention when this was coming out, but I'm looking forward to this this one coming out because I should get a free upgrade. Yeah, it came out. So I, I updated yesterday. So it's out on the App Store. Oh, what, the Final Cut Pro? Yeah, 10.4 and um, compressor and motion. 
and Logic. Oh, wow. They're all, they're all oh, on there, okay. yeah. So I'm, I'm a bit, bit wary because it says it keeps saying optimised for the iMac Pro and you think, yeah, well, what's it going to do on my six-year-old uh, Mac Mini? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it'll still run reasonably. Uh, that's what, oh, yeah, look, I've got the updates sitting there ready to go. Mm. Wow. Well, I know what I'm doing later. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Apple's bid to, to dominate the um, the VR editing kind of uh, realm, isn't it? Because this, is, this uh, software in combination with uh, the iMac Pro as a machine it probably makes it the most powerful VR, VR creative editing um, workstation you can possibly imagine. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, they showed it off big time, didn't they, at WWDC with the Darth Vader demo. Oh, that's right, yeah, with the lady inside the actual VR that's world it. looking around and editing things, yeah. Tripping over a cable and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Poor dear. But so, uh, do we think this is going to, because there was lots of room, there was lots of people saying um, when the Surface Studio came out, oh, this is it, uh, Apple is now dead in the water because Microsoft are doing this because they've got a screen that folds down and looks fantastic, looks so futuristic, but unfortunately they put lousy innards in it so it's like a laptop basically um which a lot of people have commented on the fact it lags and everything but it looks nice so do we think this will start to maybe pull some of those creatives back towards apple who have like who were saying because we don't know because the way apple operates in secrecy they could not see what the roadmap was so they decided to jump to windows um and i don't know if they're happy there <laughs> i have no idea but uh maybe this will make Paul start pulling some of them back towards the Apple sphere. Mm. I don't know. People that have been uh, Apple that stayed in the Apple domain on sort of ancient um, Mac Pros, you know, the cylinder Mac Pros. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they got to be tempted by this because this is at least twice as powerful um, over the 2013 Mac Pro, and um, and it's got the, the built-in 5K gorgeous screen as well so i'm sure they'll be tempted um i don't know about pulling people back from windows it's hard to make a transition like that isn't it well it's mid project yes exactly yeah 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 maybe people that, that made that trip across are, are looking for the excuse to come back i'm sure they are so the other thing that concerns me and we won't know this for well, at least a year minimum i should imagine is is that they're gonna if they're showing if they're now saying this is it we are now going to pay attention to our pro users. We are now going to develop machines that are powerful and, and, and can carry the load of what you, you're asking of them. Are they now going to let this just sit there on the shelf for four years and not mm-hmm. touch it? That's the thing that concerns me because they, they today it's fantastic. Now Today it's like top of the range. Now, <laughs> if they remain on that, like, if they just sit back like they have with previous models and said, okay, that's it. You're welcome. We're all done. We're not coming back to visiting this to another four or five years. I mean, that's when it starts to go all horribly wrong again. And I'm hoping that when they did that sit-down talk about the upcoming Mac Pro, is they no longer do that. There's no reason. Hopefully, they built this in such a way. So as graphics move on, as faster RAM comes along, as faster processors come along, they can just swap out the ones that they currently got and bolt in the new ones. And they actually do that. There's no reason for them not to do that every year. As soon as you take away the upgrade upgradability for the user, you have to do it. You have to maintain that yourself. Yeah, even if it's just a, a, yeah, even if it's just a simple spec bump, you still need to like be up there with the latest versions out there for Windows machine. Yeah, you, you're dead right. Pros need to trust that you're going to do that, especially in an upgradable machine, as you say. Because if, if if I can't upgrade it, I've got to rely on Apple to do it. And they they failed, didn't they? Even with the um, yeah the Mac Pro sort of upgradable ish a little bit, but they never really took it seriously. Apple never upgraded it properly with new. Um, mm. uh, graphics cards and uh, and so on and and one of the reasons for that was the other concern with this new iMac Pro is they said that they what they say they backed themselves into a thermal corner right. was the phrase That's I think right. yep. and uh, like you were saying earlier Carl I mean this is um, a, a huge beast of a machine um, crammed into effectively the same case as the old iMac so how will that stand the test of time in terms of, in terms of thermals um, you know people have Apple have got to win back some trust on that well I know how much mine sucks in dust <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, they made a bad. They made a gamble on that Mac Pro. That dual CPU, sorry, dual GPUs would be a popular mm. thing or would take off in the computing world. And unfortunately, it, it didn't go as planned. And GPUs generate a lot of heat, take a lot of energy, and yeah, it didn't work out too well. But I, I think they've, uh, I, they've got more traditional with this Mac Pro or this iMac Pro, and just put really great components in it. So let's just see how that works. But I am, I've got no, I, I've got no reason to buy one, unfortunately, because I'd actually absolutely love one. Um, but I'm very curious to see what this new Mac 
Pro is going to be the upgradable modular mm. one. <laughs> well, we all are, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I just can't wait to see. Him. I, I'm assuming it'll be WWDC next year. They're going to elaborate on that a little bit more. But um, that's going to be a fun wait. Well, I'm not sure. Maybe not. I don't know. Because they didn't actually say it would come out in 2018. They just said it wouldn't come out in 2017. Yeah. And we know how long their, their leading things take. It take years and years. So mm. this could be just a tide over. They know it's going to be a tide over. But like I say, I just I just want to see if they if they com- continue to develop this line as processes. Every year, processes get faster and RAM gets faster and, and, and God knows what else. Um, I'm just worried... And they get, like I say, won't notice for a couple of years if they just let this sit now and say, well, just order a, a bigger spec machine. <laughs> well, no, shut up. I want to <laughs> see you're dedicated to upgrading it. That's what we want to see. Because um, all I'm going to say is Mac Mini. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Where's our bloody Mac Mini? Yeah, at least they've mentioned it recently, haven't they? It got a mention a couple of months ago. Said it was still an important part of their product line. So I didn't hear the word important when they mentioned it. <laughs> Uh, no, it's it's you're right. It's still a part. Of that was my product. hope speaking. Yeah, I, th- I think <laughs> yeah. it's 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 sti- it's still a part of our product line. Really? Yeah, I think I think that was, the, <laughs> I think that was their uh, tone on it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll be the bottom option of the the new modular Mac Pro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the Mini is a great machine in general. I really wish that they'd uh, sort it out and make it as good as it can be. Yeah, because the way they do it now, you know, we're living in the age of SSDs and stuff. They don't need, firstly, it doesn't need to be that size anymore. It can be a lot smaller. It can be a little bit bigger probably than the Apple TV, depending on what they put in it. But, you know, small chips for SSD, for small chips for RAM. I mean, it doesn't have to be upgradable. <laughs> Let's face it, towards the end, the last few weren't bloody upgradable. It don't no, no. Long, no longer needs a DVD tray in there. It doesn't need any. It could be really small. It could be like the size of an Apple TV. And that would be fantastic. Imagine if you just stick that in your bag and take it anywhere, if, as long as you don't want it to hook it up to. Um, I mean, I'd love to I'd love to upgrade my little Mac Mini that uh, serves as my video server because sometimes it chugs along. You know? <laughs> These files are getting bigger and bigger all the time as it has to try and convert them, although not so much recently, thank God. But, uh, yeah, I just... I'd, Again, it's another it's another product that, that that just feels like Apple's letting languish, and it's a shame because it's a it was a catch all device. It was a wonderful machine, the Mac Mini. Well, it is still, but yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, Apple also released updates for all its Wi Fi based stations, including all Airport Express, Airport Extreme, and Airport Time Capsule. According to Apple support documents posted for both the seven seven point seven point nine and seven point six point nine versions of the update, it addresses multiple issues, including the crack vulnerability that affected many wi-fi enabled devices earlier this year however unfortunately don't expect regular updates as apple supposedly dissolved the airport team and ceased development of airport wireless routers back in 2016 so it's extremely unlikely that we'll get any more announcements for new airport eccentric or centric products boo mm-hmm. I mean, they don't. Have, Apple doesn't have to be in every field, but I think re, wasn't it initially the reason they got they started doing airports because the other options out there were pretty terrible, and so yeah, they wanted. I mean, yeah, that initial Mac laptop was one of the, was the first to have Wi-Fi, wasn't it? I think Is that yeah. the one where he jumped off um, jumped off a platform <laughs> yeah, st- on the stage with it. no wires and stayed connected. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so they had to build their own uh, sort of router end of things back then because that was the that was the only thing it would work with. It it just it does. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I know we're getting because we're getting the mesh networks now come over here, but I'm 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 a bit funky about them too. Truth, I like to stick to the old way of doing it. But uh, I mean, I, I do wish they would offer us something in this realm. Mm. But again, they, they don't sell printers no more. They don't sell well monitors really anymore. Uh, uh, supposedly they're getting back to that next year or whenever the pro comes out but uh i don't know I, I, it's just a case to me of how because they're the world one of the world's biggest companies it always f- sounds weird when you say we don't want to spread them too thin <laughs> think, mm, what yeah. <laughs> well, I, think I was mess- hoping this i was hoping this update might include um support for airplay 2 well maybe it is and it's yeah. just not mentioned i hope it no. I hope um, they'll become compatible with airplay 2 when it's all released properly because i do use an airport express still as a remote audio thing that's plugged into a little mini hi-fi in my kitchen so um yeah hopefully that'll support the new airplay well if this had airplay 2 in it they would definitely not keep that secret mm. they'll be both now but it's not out yet is it airplay 2 is no not that's, that's why i'm thinking they might not have mentioned it because it's not actually supported yet but there might be a stealth update in here that's going to have support for it that's it well we'll see but like i say i don't as he says i don't think we're expecting any more updates anytime soon for the airport uh they haven't officially you can still buy these things so i don't think they haven't been sunsetted just yet but i mean there's newer and better 
products that have come along. Yeah. And they're still pretty pricey. <laughs> yeah. like, I think the little Expre- Express is still like 80 quid on his own, which is crazy. Yeah. But, uh, but I do I enjoy, I do enjoy configuring my airports with the little app. That's lovely, isn't it? It's fantastic. I just love yeah. that. It draws a little net, net, a network diagram for you, doesn't it? It shows you what you've yes. got in your house. That's it. That's <laughs> it. You can do it. Now, the other day when this update did come out and I had the little red, little red number next to each of my my little ports there there was that moment of hesitation do i do i update or do i wait and hear for people of experience <laughs> because this that's what i'm doing now it was an update for the tv came out this week it was another one for the phone and i'm thinking do i wait now because my confidence has been knocked a bit yeah so I, I don't. yeah that's that's a bit sad isn't it you never used to think twice at all no instantly now if they do a few more releases and they will go smoothly i'll, I'll get that confidence back but I don't know. <laughs> At the moment, it's a bit... I will. Uh, Phil Schiller has been out doing interviews with T3. It was quite interesting. Did you guys read this interview, by the way? I skimmed it. I didn't read it fully. I um, do get marked down if I didn't read it. <laughs> I feel like I should have read <laughs> you it. You get kicked off. Well, you, it's your homework. It's... Uh, I've come on the show to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't, I haven't had a chance was, to uh, read it. <laughs> okay. So basically, uh, T3 asked him a load of various questions and things like this. And, and it's just, it's kind of interesting, but... Again, whenever it comes to these kind of interviews with the main guys at Apple, how much are they really going to say? Then, you know, they're talking, they're masters at this and, and never letting anything slip. But it was quite interesting to say when they started off making the iPhone X, they had iPhone 10, they had absolutely no idea how they were going to make it, which is a bit, but it doesn't give me a time frame. It doesn't say like five years ago when we started on this process. It just says we had no idea. And then it came to the point where they had, they realized they had, whether they were going to go full screen on the front and it meant getting rid of the the, uh, the button uh, the ID uh, sensor and and they basically from the, set, the way it's described in the interview it was basically a leap of faith that they had faith that the Face ID team would come up with the, the goods yeah. <laughs> before the release which seems a bit cavalier <laughs> It was the most interesting part of the article. I thought that was the bit I did read, and uh, yeah, you're right. It's it's almost um, it's like an echo of the original iPhone project, isn't it? Where they sort of bet the whole company on yeah. the iPhone, and and arguably this is even more of a gamble, isn't it? Because the iPhone now is established. It's it's the best selling consumer electronics product ever, and it's it accounts for more than well more than half of Apple's revenue and earnings and and it's the whole company is based on iphone success so to take a gamble with a, a brand new iphone with a brand new uh, technology that uh, that everybody else had tried and failed with really does show how how brave well i suppose confident how confident they are in their their abilities not saying the c word then are you they're, they're courageous <laughs> <laughs> right yeah no let's let's not use that but uh he also went on to say uh he talked a little bit about tim cook and he said one of the great things tim has done is to recognize the power of collaborative work at apple and he relates the fact that airpods and the apple pencil two are like some people's the favorite items that apple have ever produced and they were done under tim because of purely collaborative work within the various segments and i always remember listening whenever i heard stories of steve whenever i read his autobiography he was he was notorious for sectioning people off and not letting them talk to each other as they worked mm. on special projects and things like this so that is definitely one vast difference between the way steve run it and tim is now apparently running it and if they can produce things as wonderful as the airpods and the pencil then yeah more 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 power to them because because yeah. i love those devices so let's return to an old chestnut both spotify and Deezer, both european companies have penned a letter to european commission jean-claude Juncker, my favorite person in the world <laughs> they're unhappy that apple takes a 30 percent cut from the subscription fee when the user signs on their respective services via the app store uh, it appears apple's decision to change that to a 50 15% slice after the first year wasn't good enough. The EU promised legislative instruments sounds good, doesn't it? To help out smaller companies, specifically ones that fear bigger corporations could stifle them by imposing strict rules on their apps. Uh, seven months later, however, and no new laws in sight. Okay. Uh, aren't Spotify... Hang on, though, but aren't Spotify always boasting about how many more subscribers they have than Apple? So, in this case, isn't Apple the underdog that needs protecting? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's interesting point. No, I don't. Like, now, I'm all for fair businesses and things like this, but this is what I don't understand. I look, Spotify is a fantastic service. I loved them when they initially came out. I was an early subscriber. I used it all the way up until Apple Music came out. But then there's just something about the default service that is always more powerful to me than a third party one. So, so what? So what Spotify seem to be moaning about is they have to pay thirty percent to get access to Apple's customers on their own devices. And that seems reasonable to me. I mean, they're only paying through 30% on subscribers that come through the app, but they also offer it on their website. You can sign up on their website. Apple doesn't get a cut of any of that. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. so what's, I don't understand what the problem is. What do they do? I don't actually know what Spotify do in terms of the pricing on the app. Do they, do they inflate the price by an extra 30% yes. to take this account, account of this? I believe the last time I checked, that's exactly what they did. But they also do special offers for students and things like this. Yeah. But they they keep coming back to the same thing. They're saying we should not have to pay thirty percent for be. Well, 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 but why? Why would it be for free? Because they're providing a service that is built on top of what Apple's providing. And what I say by that is Apple are providing them the customer base and it yeah. must be a valuable customer base for spotify to want it in the first place yeah exactly i mean spotify can't can't ignore that market of millions and millions and millions of iphone owners they have to be on that on that phone don't they the yeah. app has to be there so yeah maybe there's a cost for being there so that's it so they, they also quote in the fact that they have to pay 30 percent, and obviously apple doesn't well that's because it's apple's company it's their <laughs> device it's their service it's their app store it's all their stuff apart from their application it makes no sense to me people like um i mean amazon don't don't let you uh, subscribe in their app do they they, right. they force you out out to their web page that's another another um approach and uh you know it works for them doesn't it yeah i, I just it's I, I don't understand i mean like i say they're they're always boasting about how many millions and more subscribers they've now got and it seems to be expanding exponentially every time they come up with this this figure and i just wonder what what, what i don't <laughs> the problem is i think is is they recently had to re-sign with a lot of the record companies, and they obviously asked for a lot more than they did previously. And that's the problem. As as these services start to move forward, these companies are going to offer more and more and more because they've got they don't own any of the content. It's all licensed from you know studios and things like this, and and it's their sole business. Apple's Apple Music is not Apple's sole business. It's a tiny little section of it. And so they don't have to make a profit from it. They could sell that at a loss if they want. They could really screw up Spotify and they could lower their prices. But again, for some reason, the studios didn't want that because they wanted competition from the likes of Spotify and Google and Deezer. Yeah, and it's worth uh, recounting that Apple changed the subscription revenue share earlier this year, I think. So after one year of being a subscriber... Um, instead of paying thirty, or instead of Apple taking thirty percent, they just take fifteen percent. So it's a that's right fifteen eighty five split. So and fifteen thirty is quite high. Uh, I mean, in terms of their web signups, I don't know what they pay their current payment provider in terms of a percentage on all people who you know pay through them and handle subscriptions, whatnot. But um, for the service that Apple provides, you know, access to the customers the app store as a service and you know uh, they're making a lot of frameworks for audio apps to thrive on and you know that money comes from uh, the developer share essentially so i don't know mm. it's fair to me i think well i think it's fair i mean i've got no problem like i've got nothing against spotify or deezer i just think well you've got to pay something <laughs> it's not i mean you're you're trying to make money using a service that then you say you don't want to pay for well, that's piracy isn't it sort of yeah, I, th- I think with Spotify, their business and probably these to an extent, their business exists on quite razor thin margins. Yeah, it um, is. They are. Yeah, you know, bandwidth is expensive, licensing is expensive, and then the comp- running the business is expensive. So every penny counts for this this company because you know people aren't going to pay a lot of money for a streaming service, and Apple can afford to be more competitive here because they haven't got to pay that thirty percent. So I, I do see their point completely, but unfortunately. That's- the cost of doing business on the services you know it's, you just don't feel any sympathy for it <laughs> it's not the yeah I, I would like you know i'd like free distribution on the app store but i know that you know paying 30 percent of all the revenue that i make through app store sales or whatever um that goes to help the platform i i think that I, I don't know i i'm kind of in the middle i'm kind of in the middle i think something can be a bit better well as a developer you obviously you have mm. to suck up 30 percent as well so yeah yeah i would be a lot more angry if it was uh you know if i 
you know, 20, 30,000, no, even more than that, you know, 50, 100,000 subscribers paying $10 a month. And then 30% of that whole chunk was going. But yeah, um, it's, it's really hard. Well, like I say, the alternative is not to have those customers or to make them sign up for your website. And then it's not an issue. Yeah. I remember being with Spotify and they, uh, they sent me a few emails saying, you'll subscribe through iTunes, subscribe on our website and you'll save £5 a month or something. Oh, that's like that. Ah, right. So they, they that's a, this was like years ago. So even back then they were trying to entice you to, um, you know, sign up on their website. And then they just gave these instructions on how to cancel an iTunes subscription, which is impossible to follow even for uh, the most technical savvy among us. So like go here and go here and settings and general and iTunes. Yes. It's quite complicated to manage or back then it was at least. Mm. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I, it's, it's tricky. I think 30% is, is quite high for a subscription. If you're getting reoccurring revenue. I would like to see Apple drop it down to 30% for like one-off sales and maybe 20% for subscription payments. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they could always make... But um, what I'm saying is if they did that, they'd have to do it with everybody rather than these special yeah. cases. It just, oh, yeah. that's, it's just like, oh, look, I, I'm special. I need special treatment because you're not giving it me. I'm going to go cry then to this bloke over here and see if he can do anything about it. It's just uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that is one thing I do like about Apple is they... <laughs> they are treating developers more equal, like, you know, they're treating us small developers as equal as the big developers because, you know, because yeah. the big developers are uh, complaining about it. But such is life. Yeah. Oh, well, everybody wants money. Can't blame them. Uh, <laughs> Apple's video business has picked up another two industry names. Uh, Philip Mattis, formerly of Hulu, and Jennifer Wang Grazer of Legendary Entertainment. Mattis was responsible for deals and policies of Hulu's original shows and documentaries, such as The Handmaid's Tale and Marvel's Runaways. Wang Grazer handles business and legal elements of development, production, and distribution of Legendary's TV and digital studios. So it looks like they're getting serious about this thing. I'm, mm. I'm assuming we're going to see this next year, this video service. I mean, it's all gone a bit quiet apart from these hiring people. But uh, I guess, oh, actually not at WWDC. I'm thinking this will probably come out around the iPhone launch time, sort of September, October. That's yeah. when they'll push this stuff because it's more com- uh, consumer-based stuff, obviously. But uh, they are getting some proper people in <laughs> behind the scenes, it seems to me. So uh, we should we should look some interesting content coming out from them. I think there'll be loads of rumours about that, won't there, as well, throughout 2018. Yeah. Every month we'll hear about new new series that Apple have bid for and won and are now in production. That's it. So it's going to be interesting times moving forward because, you know, like I say, Disney are buying up companies left, right and centre. Uh, they're, mm-hmm. they're supposedly developing their own streaming service. Obviously, Amazon is now in the game properly. They're developing their own streaming service. Netflix is going on. In fact, they've got their first, as far as I'm aware, big blockbuster movie coming out this December, next week. The Will Smith film that they financed uh, called mm. Bright, which looks highly entertaining. And the thing I don't understand is I've not seen any marketing for this yet other outside of Netflix. I would think they would putting this up on bill posters and you know they i think they did that with daredevil if i remember correctly but uh yeah it should be everywhere plastered everywhere but uh, so they're getting serious about it um i i, th- I just think we're going to be sport for choice coming soon it's got definitely if we've got disney netflix apple and amazon that's four streaming services potentially each probably charging about eight nine quid each I'm after yeah. think of losing one if it starts continuing like that. And Sky, possibly. Yeah, the good thing about these uh, streaming services is they're not tied into a contract, unlike you know Sky or yeah. Virgin Media, the TV contracts. So it's easy to chop and change. I hear a lot of American audience who um, you know just jump on the HBO bandwagon for the summer when HBO and Silicon Valley and their big shows are playing and just cut it off for the winter because they don't need HBO then. Um, now HBO's got that streaming service advantage. So... Mm. Yeah, being able to start chopping change. Like if you come back to Netflix, you know, take a six month month break from Netflix and come back onto it. There's so much new stuff there to catch up on. Mm. Um, I'm sure we say with all these other streaming services, so you could do that. You know, just chop and change them as you please, which is quite nice. Um, yeah, because people like to binge on a particular TV series, don't they, and watch them all in a week, and you can fit quite a few quite a few TV series into a month of a single month subscription. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's good, and also if you if you do if you do subscribe to one of these companies through iTunes, it is dead simple to to like turn off the 
the subscription. It's virtually too easy to turn off the subscription. It's just a button press and you're done. And you think, oh, yeah, that's, that was seamless. And I didn't get any hard sell. Well, are you sure you want to leave us, Mr. Madden? I mean, we could just do this deal for you. Shut up, go away. <laughs> so it is good. It is good. Um, I think that's pretty much it for the news. Just um, a little bit of an update. Patreon, as you may have heard and read in the papers on, on the tech blogs, has reversed its idea to change the, ch- what, the way it was going to charge people. Thank God for that. Yeah. And I've reversed my uh, cancellation of your football. <laughs> <laughs> I've pledged pledging to your show or patroning to your show, whatever it's whatever Thank the verb is. I don't know. <laughs> now, did you send a letter to uh, Dean? Was that why he reversed it? The guy Tim, I think his name. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, I, I took the money. I took the money out, and that's, that sends uh, an even bigger letter. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I am partly responsible for Patreon changing it. I'm fully responsible, depending on what way you look at. <laughs> so thank you, very, thank you very much for all our Patreon subscribers. It's greatly appreciated. And like, and uh, like I say, we're above our goal now. So the actual the show actually pays for itself. So I couldn't be abs- I couldn't be happier. No longer is it coming out of my pocket. Fantastic. I was gonna say any profits go to the iMac Pro. The iMac Pro fund. Oh, just, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I should be okay in about a million years. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. So thank you very much if you're a patron subscriber. Uh, pushed out some shows now. They're they're out there. Like I say, we do produce patron content as well, specifically. So if you want to hear a little bit extra from us each week, just go and pop over and become a patron subscriber. It's got recommended uh, values that you can join, but you can join for a little as a dollar, I think. So totally up to you if you want to come and help us out over there another way you can help us out in fact we haven't had one for a while so that means yes if you could please head on over to itunes and and knock us out a review is greatly appreciated because it helps us be found and people can see what people are saying and uh it's still there <laughs> uh, and, it, and it helps people find us and stuff like this so please just head on over itunes or in the podcast app search out mac and forth do submit a review give some stars give us a bit of text and we'd re- love to read it out on the show thank you very much and that's pretty much it so until next week let's find out where we can get in touch with all the wonderful people here alan yeah mainly on twitter where I've, i'm called storm gorelli now this is the last time you're going to be with us this year isn't it alan so i think so christmas commitments and all that so yeah i should take this opportunity to uh, wish everybody a very merry christmas shouldn't i are, are, are you santa because <laughs> you're not going to be well, around i'm, I'm al- almost big enough to be santa <laughs> <laughs> be me afterwards uh also also join us this week dean how where can we get hold of you sir uh yeah the best place is probably twitter at crafty dino and your application sir yes i got an app called crystal it's an ad blocker it's perfect gift for if you've got something if you got the itunes gift vouchers on the discount and you got something to spend it on um i'd recommend crystal ad blocker <laughs> that, was for, that was a really bad plug <laughs> was it was that was terrible you haven't worked on that at all have you <laughs> I'm not good at advertising, just blocking them. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be a hypocrite, can you? Uh, my name's Carl Madden. You can get hold of me on Twitter at Clause0101. You can get hold of the show, if you so wish, at Mac and Forth. You can email us, macandforth at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook group, a Facebook page, and a G Plus page. But I, don't, I tend to forget that one exists now. Bad. Bad <laughs> Madden. Bad Madden. So that's pretty much it. So as we all lustfully look after... look towards the iMac Pro because that's all I can do a bit of iMac lust oh well until next time everybody out there please stay safe and be nice to each other bye bye Bye. that was weird you said it in unison bye